We can never be satisfied to simply go to church. Family of God, we must be the church. Here at Community Church, our goal for you is to connect with God, with each other, and with your purpose. This is the Community Church Podcast. Welcome back to the Community Church Podcast. I'm Jim Miskevich here with Chris Graham and Dennis Hartzell here to talk about the first half of Ephesians chapter 5. Last week, we talked about how Paul was encouraging believers to change their behavior so that they can work better in uh, the church. Um, so this week, as I was looking at Ephesians 5, 1 through 21, Paul again gives more guidelines, but this one was kind of gave the reason behind it. So my big idea was to be in the light and not in the darkness. Did you guys see anything that popped out to you in these verses? I like the idea of even verse 1, be imitators of God. And then he gives us a whole list of things that we are not to do. And then a list of things that we are to do. And anyway, that was uh, my uh, kind of key thought of the of this passage of Scripture is to try to be more like God. And I think in uh, verse 10, in terms of you know being in the light, what does that mean? It's trying to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Um, I thought that was uh, another great way to kind of have like a, a check checklist, essentially, of where you're at in your faith. And, you know, do I see these things that arrive or uh, present themselves in my life? And do I discern what is pleasing to the Lord in my decision making or, or anything else like that yeah um, I asked the question what did I learn about God and the more and more as I read the Bible I become fascinated of w- the verses and how they're back to back because the next group of verses next week is going to talk about husbands and wives and that's going to talk about parenting well what verses lead up to that so I was trying to think of why would God have this, and it dawned on me, God is giving us these rules or these guidelines so that we can have good relationship with others. In in the verses it says, if you are a dishonest person, well, you don't want to be a dishonest person because you want to be in the light, but if you're a dishonest person, no one's going to trust you. If you let alcohol control you, then the Holy Spirit cannot control you. Um, so God gives us these guidelines so that we can have these right relationships uh, with others. Is there anything that uh, else stuck out to you about the verses and how God puts these into our lives? I would just say in the, even the second verse in chapter 5, to walk in love as Christ. Uh, that just uh, kind of spoke to me, just that that's the goal is to uh, walk in love as Christ did. And as we do that, that will help us be imitators of God. I think one thing we're going to touch on here shortly is uh, verse 15. Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of time because the days are evil. And it goes on from there. But um, to me, it's a matter of, you know, in terms of wisdom, am I looking at those who are wise and am I seeking that counsel? Am I trying to dive further um, to expand my own wisdom base, basically. And, you know, I pray for wisdom every day because I'm faced with numerous things and numerous obstacles every day, and I need all the wisdom that God would give me uh, to get through some of those. Uh, Chris, you had a question you wanted to pose 
uh, to us. Yeah, through um, verse 18, it talks about, and do not get drunk with wine, for that is uh, debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. And so one of the things, especially here in uh, Christianity today, um, being filled with the Spirit can look like a lot of different things, um, depending on what denomination or religion you're affiliated with. But I want to know from you guys, how would you explain the concept of being filled with the Holy Spirit? Well, I'd like to agree with what you said in the fact that it's not about having more of the Spirit. Uh, some theological circles might insinuate that, but I don't think that's really what it's referring to. Have, uh, it's about the Spirit having more of us, not having us having more of the Spirit. In other words, to be controlled by the Spirit. It's not something uh, we do, but it's what God does in us if we give him complete control so to me that's what it, it's all about it means to live by the power um, and i'll say dictates or instructions of the holy spirit an example would be um, a carnal christian uh, is controlled by his fleshly desires a spiritual christian is controlled by what the spirit tells him to do so that's uh, you can have be a christian and not be filled with the spirit uh, unless you're being controlled by the desires of the lord First, I'll say I don't always know how the Holy Spirit works. I think that filled with the Spirit is being controlled by the Spirit, that you listen to the Spirit. And that can be very difficult. I'm not going to say I have all the answers. I do know of one guaranteed way that the Holy Spirit works, and that is through God's Word. The Holy Spirit will remind us of God's Word, He'll remind us that we are supposed to be slow to speak, slow to wrath, that we are going to have the feeling of anger, but we're not supposed to lash out at other people in sin. I know the Holy Spirit works through the Bible, reminding us of God's word, but I I, I can't I, I, I can't give you evidence and for sure that it was the Holy Spirit. There are many times in my life where I didn't ask for wisdom, but sometimes I actually did ask for wisdom, and God gave me the correct answer, or at least I believe that he did. I, I can't give you evidence, but I know the Bible says to pray for wisdom, as Chris said, and that he'll give it to us. So I think the Holy Spirit also reminds us of things, finds uh, wise ways to act, um, and assists us in uh, how we're supposed to live. But it, it can be very difficult to explain to other people, and it can be very difficult when you're discussing, hey, the Holy Spirit told me to do this. That's, that's very difficult to be able to talk to somebody, and especially in either maybe it's your marriage, or maybe it's in the church, hey, the Holy Spirit's prompted me this way, and someone else says, well, I feel the Holy Spirit this way. It can be difficult. So I'm not going to say I know all the answers. Um, any other thoughts that you guys had about the Holy Spirit in his control. Yeah, I think we could probably do several podcasts on the Holy Spirit alone, uh, just because there's so much out there that I think should be debunked and so much more that needs to be reinforced or, or promoted more um, about him. Um, but I agree. I think uh, totally w agree with what you guys said, that being filled with the Spirit is really living in the conscious presence of the Lord and letting his mind through the words, it's all rooted through God's word, uh, dominate everything that is thought and done. I know the Holy Spirit. I agree with uh, Dennis. We have the whole Holy Spirit. I don't, I don't know how you have a half a Holy Spirit anyway. Right. Um, but we have the Holy Spirit. We have him for the rest of our lives. We can't get rid of him um, as long as we believe 
in Christ, the Holy Spirit is there. Um, being filled with the Spirit is not um, a emotional thing that gives us a closer walk with Christ. Uh, we can have a closer walk with Christ. We can have emotion, but it's not a, I don't know, a certain portal or a certain button we can push so that we can get this nirvana effect. It's uh, the Holy Spirit is there to help us with our Christian walk, not to have a more spiritual worship session. Um, I don't know if that makes any sense to you. I definitely know people that, you know, the Holy Spirit's there so you can have this emotional high, or at least that's part of it. Um, I, I don't believe. Um, we'll move on to my question. These verses give a lot of advice, a lot of words of wisdom. God rarely says these are exact things that we have to do. He definitely does sometimes, but God is giving us these uh, words of wisdom when you're trying to maybe schedule your day or plan for the future. These are things to keep in mind. So my question to you guys is give some type of wise advice. Maybe who you got it from. Ooh. If you got it from a person. Ooh. I'm sure you thought of it yourself. I mean, maybe the Holy Spirit prompted you, Chris. Uh, but Well, hopefully if, I think the Holy Spirit prompted somebody else to give it to me. <laughs> they said, look at this guy. He's a fool. Um, I would think uh, one that I got from a uh, boss of mine uh, years ago was that sometimes our biggest strength can also be our biggest weakness. And I might think of someone who is um, high in confidence. They could also teeter on the side of arrogance. And so it can play both sides. Somebody who um, is bold with their mouth, you know, that could be great to proclaim the message of Christ, but it could also uh, lead them down a bad path in terms of uh, just what we just talked about uh, in our previous episode um, about uh, corrupting talk. Um, they'd be more likely to fly that way. And so um, being able to find that balance between um, the strength and the weakness side of whatever your biggest strength might be. So um, that's that's tough. That's a tough road to, to fly on. And I don't know if you guys have would agree with that advice, if you think your biggest strength could also be your biggest weakness. Oh, for sure. I, I definitely am uh, overconfident in many ways. Um, I feel that I can persuade people to do everything. And so that means sometimes in my life I talk too much. I judge people too much. I come off as, and probably am, uh, degrading and saying, you know, you, you might be wrong here. Um, it could be argumentative. I definitely have been called that. So uh, I think um, it definitely can be a weakness uh, if you don't uh, learn to rein it in. Yeah. Um, Dennis, words of wisdom. Well, I like uh, just the three uh, main ideas I see here from Paul. In verse 15, he says, uh, I'll put it in modern language. Walk carefully. <laughs> uh, to me, that means keep an eye out for things that can lure you into sin, whether it's an area of relationships or, you know, we could be lured into the love of money, a love of pleasure, uh, basically things that don't satisfy. So he says, walk carefully or circumspectly, which is a good uh, King James word. Then verse 16, he says, redeem the time. It's so easy in the day and age we're living to waste time. Uh, every day, every uh, week, it tells me how much time I spend on my screen. You know, mm. uh, I know of those who uh, spend a lot of time playing video games. Now, that doesn't appeal to me, and I'm, I'm kind of glad it doesn't, because I hear of some of the time that 
people can spend on that. Uh, but I'm sure there's other things I waste my time on. But the main thing there, I think he's saying, is don't waste time on things that don't satisfy, whether it's seeking pleasure, seeking money, seeking, pres seeking prestige. And then lastly, in verse 17, he says, seek always to find out what the Lord's will is. And uh, Chris alluded to this. Um, the world is constantly seeking to satisfy uh, this uh, void in our lives. And he says here um, that we are to seek what the Lord's will is, not seeking what human uh, wisdom says to seek. So I'm going to incorporate my words of wisdom with my application. So I'll ask you guys if you have an application here in a moment. This is my application of words of wisdom is to uh, from uh, verse 15 as well from redeeming the time. So mine's not nearly as spiritual, I don't think. But redeeming the time, I love figuring out best use of time. It's one of my favorite types of things. I think I manage time fairly well in my classroom and at home. Um, so here's my advice is to, number one, exercise is important, especially um, when times are stressful. And also, um, if you can exercise plus. So this is my advice. If you can find that you can do some type of exercise plus something else that will increase um, your time. So for me, I like to maybe go on a walk with my wife and talk. I, I think I'm a little bit better to get along with if I'm walking and talking um, with somebody. Maybe it's going on a bike ride with your child. That's a good time to talk with your child. You feel like you're doing something. At least for me, I'm, I'm talking. I'm riding my bike. Um, maybe it's going on a walk now that it's nicer and calling someone up on the phone. I've, I've done this over the last couple of weeks and it's a real encouragement to me. Um, I feel better when I exercise and then I talk with someone else and it's a good use of my time. Maybe you're going to exercise and listen to a podcast. Um, maybe you're going to exercise and listen to some Christian music that's uplifting, that gets your mind focused on Christ. Uh, but I, my advice is to exercise plus something else positive um, in your life. So a t uh, the you know it's a two-for-one price at that uh, time. You guys have any other specific application that you would like to share? I don't know if mine's additional. I'll, I'll kind of piggyback on yours, but I, I do agree with um, making the best use of our time because the days are evil. And, of course, you know, Paul writing this back in his day, evil may have looked a little bit different than what it does today, but I think conceptually it's probably pretty close to the same. Um, what I like to do in terms of exercising would be uh, mowing the yard. I push mow, and I get to listen to sermons as I push mow. So that's that's thrilling to my soul, believe me. Um, a great, great time to kind of work out things that might be going on uh, either at home or work or church or wherever, and so that's always fun too. But, yeah, I would say um, just making the best use of time, but, um, yeah, and not being foolish but understanding what the will of the Lord is and really discerning whether or not I know what that is in my life. Am I pursuing that? Because um, if I'm not pursuing that, then I really need to look carefully at how I'm walking as he hits on a little bit earlier in the passage. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like verse 8. It says, For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. And it just t challenges me to be countercultural, if you will. Our post-Christian culture that we live in says this should be important to you. This is the way you should go. This is the way you should think. Uh, this is what you should do. And, uh, you know, a lot of times uh, discovering what the will of the Lord is, like Chris says, 
it leads us in a completely different path to be unselfish, to not seek pleasure, to not seek uh, money, to not love it, uh, you know, more than we uh, should uh, seek it for it. And uh, anyway, it's just a, a challenge to me to walk as one who has been given the light. Well, thank you guys for your uh, thoughts. And uh, please, as always, send us questions at info at edwardsburg.church. Our next session, we'll be talking about uh, marriage. So we'd love for you to have any questions that you want us to talk about with marriage. And then the following one will be about parenting. So please feel free to send us those emails. And now Dennis has his book review. Everybody, have you ever desired to hear from God? Have you ever pleaded with God to reveal his will for you in a particular area of your life, say for a job or a wife or what school to go to? Today I'm reviewing a book that may help you hear the Holy Spirit whispering or God's promptings more often. The book is called Divine Direction by well-known pastor and author Craig Grishel. If you haven't discovered Craig's wisdom in teaching the Bible, let me lead you to a real treat for spiritual growth. The book offers the idea that there are seven decisions that can powerfully change the course of your life. The outcomes of these decisions are predicated on the premise that God wants to communicate direction to us if we only learn how to sense his leading in such decisions. Craig Michelle came to know the Lord while attending college. He humbly tells of his sincere, but I'll say unintelligent attempts to hear from God. He freely admits to mistakes in his early Christian experiences, but praises the Lord for sending godly mentors his way. He now leads one of the largest churches in the U.S. in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. I guess one of the reasons I found this book so appealing is that the author addresses the idea of hearing God's voice no matter what your age. He gives a challenge that even people in their 60s and 70s can still be called by God to do amazing things for the kingdom. He points out that God is not done desiring to give us divine direction until we take our last breath. Sometimes we don't know if we hear God speaking to us or if it's just a bad taco from the night before. The book offers criteria for helping you decide the source of your prompting. Was it from a bad taco or from the Holy Spirit? One of the great things about this book is that it reaffirms from the Bible that God has a plan for each of us and that God wants to give us the necessary direction to fulfill his desires for each one of us. The principles in this book want to lead you to a life that you may never have even imagined, but God has. Every day, we all make choices. Our life story will depend on the choices that we make. This book has inspired me to try to intently listen for divine direction even more than I have. I highly re recommend this book with a 5 out of 5, Divine Direction by Craig Grishel, and I'll challenge you to keep listening for the trumpet.